welcome back. You are listening to Brunch with me, Karen Co. this Wednesday morning. And since it's Wednesday morning, it's time for Cruz McCalligan's regular audio column. Cruz joins me on the line now. Cruz, it's been such a long time since we've talked. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Karen. It's lovely to hear your voice. Same, same. And I know you've got uh, a great topic coming up for us uh, based on what happened or didn't happen yesterday, right? Yes, Valentine's Day. So did you celebrate in any way, shape or form yesterday? Um, I sat here in the morning and talked to people about love languages. <laughs> then then nice. I went home and did work. Uh, no, I didn't really do anything special uh, with my husband. I think we'll maybe we'll do something on the weekend or tonight or tomorrow night. <laughs> Yeah, or any night, really. Or any night, yeah. Um, No, we didn't do anything. I I think I just, um, I think I'm a bit, look, I'm a a hopeless romantic. I'm a very sentimental person. I love any opportunity to celebrate. Um, And yet Valentine's Day always falls a bit flat for me, to be honest. Really? Why is Um, that? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just that... um, when I think about it, I'm like, I'm not quite sure what you're supposed to do. Like, I, I think, okay, chocolates and roses. Well, I like a chocolate, but I'm not big on roses. I'm like, um, when people sort of say, be my Valentine, it's like, okay, well, what does the job entail? Because <laughs> I've got a lot of other responsibilities on at the moment. So, um, you know, um, I think, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I did laugh about it yesterday. I got my, my husband bought me a coffee as my Valentine's gift because I said, hey, did you get me anything for Valentine's Day? And he said, no. I said, well, then you can get me this coffee um, special, and then bring it to me. Like a special coffee? No, not at all. Just a, not at all. My love, my love language is services, Karen. So ah. I like people to do something for me. So him going to get me a coffee was very meaningful. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, yeah, and I, 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 when he said, well, you didn't get me anything. And I said, well, I did order you a new travel wallet on HKTV Mall yesterday. Could that count? <laughs> so um, romantic. <laughs> so romantic and practical because, um, as I said, my love language is services. So I was doing something for someone. So therefore, surely that's enough. Um, but it is a beautiful – I've actually been really excited recently in the last kind of year as things with the pandemic have just, you know, they've, they've come down. It's not, it's not the stress it once was. It's not the restriction it once was. I'm loving how much energy people are putting into celebrating things. You know, I said this last year to Noreen when we had Halloween and I was like, look around us. Who knew Halloween was a national holiday in Hong Kong? You know, people went really overboard with it in a yes. good way. You know, any, everyone's excited for the opportunity to get out and have fun and celebrate. And I'm all here for that, right? Yep, yep. Um, having said that, um, uh, it's, it is quite an interesting thing in terms of like the, the promotions for Valentine's Day. They're all lost on me. Being a mum of three young children, I'm like, like none of the messaging hits home. <laughs> but um. It is interesting. In the U.S. this year, it was expected that, to, that there would be a spend of $25.9 billion on wow. Valentine's Day, for Valentine's Day That's a this lot year. of money. Yep, that's up $2 billion from last year. So it's Gosh. it's a lot of money. Um, and so uh, of 32% of people who were um, going to celebrate Valentine's Day, they did a survey, were planning on giving out a gift of experience. So that's a bit different rather than giving like a diamond bracelet or something. Maybe it was going out and having a meal or doing something fun together as a couple. So I think that's quite interesting as well, that that's, sh- that's shifted as well for all of us, that it's not just about the material things. People have been cooped up for so long, we haven't been able to get out and about. So maybe, and we've done a lot of online shopping, right. so we haven't missed out on that, <laughs> but maybe it's there. So that's 
that's quite interesting as well. Um, you know, so Valentine's Day is quite interesting in terms of the the consumeristic stuff. So the average person apparently in the U.S. of fifty two percent of them will spend an average of about one hundred ninety two U.S. dollars, which is nearly you know nearly a thousand Hong Kong bucks, right? That's not a small amount of money. Mm. Um, but there's also an increase in money allotted to um, pets, friends, coworkers, teachers, and classmates. Okay. And I know my um, my daughter uh, came home from school yesterday with a beautiful little hearts cookie from a girl in her class who'd given them out to the whole class, Aww. which was adorable and so sweet. She also came home with a Valentine's Day card for her sister, and that broke my heart Aww, and th- so thawed my frosty exterior for a moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so if we, we go back a bit, let's go right back. Um, to Valentine's Day. Who is it named after? It is named after St. Valentine. Mm. Um, So you know that that is the patron saint of um, Valentine's Day. But actually, there's some confusion around which St. Valentine the holiday technically honours because um, there are at least two men named Valentine that could have inspired the holiday, including one Valentine who was a priest in 3rd century Rome. And as the story goes, this Valentine defied Emperor Claudius um, Claudius II's ban on marriage because he thought it distracted young soldiers. So there was an emperor who was like, you cannot get married. It distracts you from your your, your warring. Um, And so this this St. Valentine would illegally marry couples in the spirit of love until he was caught and sentenced to death. Wow, he was quite subversive, wasn't he? Yes, super subversive, which is quite like, I mean, it's romantic. I mean, it's not nice to know that it ended with the death of a saint, but... um, you know, it is quite rom- romantic in that way as well. So another legend, though, suggests that Valentine was killed for attempting to help Christians escape prison in Rome, and that actually he sent the first Valentine message himself while imprisoned, writing a letter signed, from your Valentine. Hmm. So that was kind of like a story there as well. Now, Valentine's Day can also have its roots in an ancient pagan festival, as they all do, really. Yes. Um some some historians believe that Valentine's Day commemorates the death of St. Valentine's on February 14th. Others believe that the holiday actually has its origins with a pagan fest- fertility festival called Lupercalia, which was which sounds super fun. <laughs> Lupercalia, um, which was Lupercalia, which was celebrated on the February the 15th in ancient Rome. Hilariously, I'm going to mention that to my husband later because he's the one who thought he's like, isn't Valentine's Day on February the 15th? Oh, no. I'm like, it's definitely not. And it hasn't been the entire 35 years of your life. Life, but he, sure he's just trying to uh yeah yes we know deflect, <laughs> deflect. for sure for sure um but dedicated so this this particular one lupercalia was de- dedicated to faunus the roman god of agriculture and the roman founders romulus and remus um so this day was celebrated by sacrificing animals and smacking women with animal hides that oh, they nice. believed enhanced their fertility nice so, you know, do we want to bring that back? Probably not, Probably if I'm being not. honest. Like, yeah. there's some things better left in history. Um, yes. So I don't really feel like being whacked with an animal hide um, in the name of love. Um, but yeah, so it's the, the actual holiday becoming associated with love kind of happened in about the 1300s. So um, they uh, they... At the end of the 5th century, there was Roman Pope Galicius who officially declared the date of February 14th as St. Valentine's Day. But it wasn't until the Middle Ages that the holiday became associated with love and romance. So a tradition that, you know, that this um, this was also the common belief in France and England at the time that birds started their mating season on February the 14th. So I guess, you know, it's all looking at the world around us, looking at the patterns of the seasons and what the animals are doing and kind mm. of aligning our behaviours with that too. I guess because it's um, spring, right? So... 
spring yep. frolicking, etc. in the animal yeah. kingdom. Love is in the air. Yeah. That's something people say in springtime, don't they, for yeah. that reason. Um, now, of course, uh, you couldn't get away from Valentine's Day with a couple of Cupid images. Um, so, of course, this charming cherub has its roots in Greek mythology. Um, so it's that bow and arrow. But how did it become a symbol of Valentine's Day? The figure can actually be traced back all the way to 700 BC with the Greek god of love named Eros, who was actually a handsome, immortal man with the intimidating power to make people fall in love. But um, So it was actually a man, which is not as really cute, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> A big hairy man with a bow and arrow. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until the 4th century BC that the Romans adopted Eros into the image of a cute little boy with a bow and, bow and arrow and named him Cupid. And then by the turn of the 19th century, Cupid had become linked to Valentine's Day because of his love-matching power. So it makes sense. You're just borrowing, you know, people are going along through history, grabbing little bits and pieces um, and sort of squashing them all together. Right. And um, yeah, so it's it's quite beautiful in that way. The tradition of giving Valentine's Day flowers, and maybe this is also a reason, Karen, that it falls a bit flat for me. I'm quite particular about flowers that I like or don't like. Oh. Um, I tend to not like a big bouquet of flowers. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very specific. I like flowers that look like a bit of a plant. Or um, I think I specifically said to people recently when I had my... Um, baby daughter I said like please don't get me flowers get me a house plant mm. because I can't keep flowers alive and they add I, they give me anxiety because they just <laughs> they die so quickly right. um, I much prefer a little a little wild house plant but the tradition of giving Valentine's Day flowers dates back to the 17th century um, the official color for Valentine's Day is red and obviously from giving red roses to red hearts all of those sorts of things but it wasn't until the late 17th century that flowers became a popular custom on Valentine's day the practice can be traced back to when king charles ii of sweden learned the language of flowers so this pairs different flowers with specific meanings and he found this out when he went on a trip to persia and he introduced this tradition to europe so the act of giving flowers then became a popular trend during the victorian era including on valentine's day because red roses symbolizes deep love mm. So that's quite special in a way as well. Um, having said that, I've often thought, you know, when you have, um, you see people who've gone this huge bouquets, like six dozen red roses. Yes. Um, for me, that sounds very stressful because yes. I'm like, how do you keep the red roses alive? I know. That's very stressful. That's a lot of roses, it's, it's you know. A lot of and, roses. Um, and and yeah, at this I always time, think it, it's yeah. so expensive for one. And two, if you bring roses to your dinner date, like six dozen roses, how is the person going to carry them? Yeah. Yeah. See, it's all about practicality, right? I mean, like for me, that kind of foresight is the real romance. Right. You know? <laughs> like the follow through, the playing out the situation, having a little bit of perspective in the future. I mean, maybe that says something about my current marital dynamic that I'm looking like, we just need to like play this out to the end. How's this going to pan out? Um, Who's going to carry the roses? <laughs> Who's going to carry the roses? Who is going to carry the roses? Exactly. Now, nearly that doesn't stop the fact that people buy them, right? Nearly 250 million roses are grown in preparation for valentine's day each year amazing. and of course you know it's amazing and 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 it's um roses are the most commonly exchanged during this day and in an effort to provide um the flowers for the holiday countries including ecuador kenya and colombia ship millions of roses around the world um 
yeah, so they're, they, you know, they. I think that's quite remarkable as well. Just the scale, the sheer scale of what this, what that means. Um, and as we said, you know, the color of different flowers can also hold different meanings. So, you know, red is this sort of symbolizing love. Colors like um, deep pink, purple, or white can symbolize happiness, royalty, and sympathy. But of course, yeah, we know that in Hong Kong, white flowers aren't always a, a more of a funeral right, item, right? Yes. So you probably wouldn't give someone a dozen white roses um, for Valentine's Day because it wouldn't. You wouldn't be thinking through. You wouldn't be thinking through the process. That's true. Yes. <laughs> that, that's, um, yeah, not really uh, culturally appropriate. Yes, exactly. Um, now, of course, another Valentine's Day tradition would be your heart-shaped box of chocolates, right? Mm. If I had to draw a picture of a Valentine's Day, it'd probably be a heart-shaped box of chocolates. And this was actually created by a person, by Richard Cadbury, who was the son of the Cadbury founder, John Cadbury, who started packaging chocolates in fancy boxes to increase sales. And he introduced the first heart-shaped box of chocolates for Valentine's Day in 1861. Wow. So So it's been around a long time. Yeah. What foresight. I mean, from 1861 till now, it's it's been a lasting... um, a lasting trend. Yeah, and it's still super popular. More than 36 million heart-shaped boxes of chocolates are sold every year. That's nearly 58 million pounds of chocolate. That's a lot of chocolate. <laughs> it's a lot of chocolate. There's a lot of chocolate, you know. Um, so yeah, so I think that's a that's quite a that's quite a fascinating thing about that. But as I said, it does have this. You know, it's one of those things with like a lot of the celebrations we have when we kind of scrape below the surface. There's kind of a a sad undertone, um, but it's still quite a remarkable uh, holiday in a lot of ways. But it's expensive. I mean, people mark stuff up a lot. It's also the most popular day for people to get engaged. Obviously. Okay. Um, So I I love, um, yeah, people tend to propose on Valentine's Day. I guess it is a romantic day, right? You're already surrounded by, everyone else has done the work for you. You know, there's your your (laughs) heart-shaped sparkly backgrounds everywhere you go, right? Your your fancy restaurant with your roses in the table. I mean, like, a lot of the work's been set for you. Actually, you're (laughs) absolutely right. All you have to do is make the reservation and order everything and show up on the day. That's a great point, Chris. Exactly. Exactly. Have you got any memorable Valentine's Day, if you think back? You know, I was thinking about this when I knew you were going to talk about this, and my Valentine's Days have ranged from incredibly memorable to to uh, not wanting to remember. One of the really good ones <laughs> was when my husband um, said, we're going somewhere after work, and he showed up in a limousine, and the limo took us to an art exhibition and which was fantastic and then after that we went out for dinner and so he had planned everything and it was a total surprise and that was that was wonderful um and probably the low one was when many years later we uh booked a dinner and we went to dinner and shortly after we sat down at the restaurant he had to get on a conference call so he had to leave the restaurant and stand outside oh and was on the call for 45 minutes. So I just sat there and ate my dinner and, you know, it was kind of like, wow, that's, that's not quality time. But I, I feel, I figure that, you know, I've been married nearly 30 years. They all balance out at the end of the day. So, you know, <laughs> some years. I good. think so, but that, yeah. yeah, I think it sounds amazing. I think you need to have the both, right. So you can appreciate them. Yeah. You want to have the good memories and, the, the not so good ones you can just kind of forget about. Yeah, exactly. 
Absolutely. I mean, like if I think about some of my favorite Valentine's days. Yes. What's what, probably what's just your been, highlight? Well, no, I can think about some, unfortunately not with my, my current husband. But um, I remember once getting a Mexican dinner on Valentine's Day when I was probably about 21. It was a delicious meal. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you who it was with. I just remember it was Valentine's Day and it was Mexican food and it was a delight. And, um, and then, but yeah, but I think it's always that, um, I think those, those romantic moments for me as, as a person who I'm not a gift, my love language isn't gifts, right? right? So right. it doesn't, it doesn't really, um, you know, it's more, I think there's sometimes that, uh, my husband will know that something romantic for me would be to take down our giant family to-do list and click, uh, tick off a couple of items right. would just blow me away. You that, know? So like, that's, that, that's what I need. Yeah. So that's, well, this is what I talked about yesterday with those love languages. So your mm. love language sounds like is acts of service. So if someone mm -hmm. does something for you that either you don't want to do or makes a big difference to your life, that's something that you'll really appreciate. But maybe his love language is different. Do you know what his is? Um, I think his is probably affirmation and mm. quality time. Okay. So, yeah, we definitely, we know them, just whether you can take the energy to do the love languages yeah. for one another. Because unfortunately, <laughs> you have to speak the other person's love language, not your own. <laughs> so exactly. You have to keep reminding exactly. yourself. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but I'm also someone that really appreciates um, a little bit of honesty and acknowledgement. So I definitely think over the years, I've had some lovely Valentine's Day cards from my husband. And while the card itself was probably a little bit cheesy and bought at the most convenient stationery shop to wherever he was working and panicking about it at the time. <laughs> the actual, um, the actual messaging is always really nice. And I think that's, that's a really big one as well. And that was apparently, you know, inspired by, you know, writing those Valentine's day letters was inspired, um, uh, you know, that uh, by William Shakespeare, apparently, as well. Oh. You know, the sort of Letters to Juliet became a Valentine's tradition for many and even inspired um, a film, Letters to Juliet, around Valentine's Day, sort of thousands of letters are sent to Verona, Italy, addressed to the Romeo and Juliet character, Juliet Capulet. And these love letters to Juliet are filled with emotion, passion, and in many cases, heartbreak. And volunteers called Juliet secretaries read through each letter, write responses, and pick a winner um, of the Cara Giulietta, which, you know, is the Dear Juliet competition. And the winner gets to visit Juliet's home in Verona and attend a special ceremony. Wow. So, like, there's literally a competition in Italy for who can pour their heart out in writing the most beautifully. And then you can visit the, the mecca of of romance. romantic love, wow. the home of Juliet. But, I mean, I don't think of Romeo and Juliet as the mecca of romantic love. No, because it's kind of tragic. Yeah, it's a tragedy. Yes, they don't end, end well. up together, and they yeah, they never get to the Netflix and chill stage of their relationship, <laughs> which is sad. You know, it's, true. it's super sad. Um, but yeah, so that is that is Valentine's Day, Karen. Mm. So I, I hope I don't sound too bitter about it. I love watching how much other people have enjoyed it, and yes. seeing friends with their partners out and about. I don't not enjoy it. I mean, I won't lie. Yeah. I was surprised late night. Um, when my husband Aaron did come home with some chocolate for me. Um, so I did get a little bit of chocolate, which of course is a delight exactly. always. So um, I do think it's lovely and I do love love and I do love people declaring their love for one another. Um, but yes, I just it's think it's something. I, yeah, yeah. 
but um but yes but it's we've got another year for another one so let's see let's touch base again in 365 days and see exactly there's <laughs> see how it of, goes then plenty of time to plan right Mm-hmm. that's the one <laughs> okay well Cruz thanks so much for your take on Valentine's Day and all that history there's so much that we think we know but actually when you look into it um interesting to find out what the roots of Valentine's Day are mm. Okay. Always in tragedy, hey? Yes, exactly. Thanks so much, Cruz, and I look forward to talking to you again next time. Take care. Bye.